When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Ernie Hudson, and you're listening to Canned Air Podcast. And welcome to another episode of Candare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. And I am Randy Hardenbrook. And joining us today, we got the opportunity. I saw his booth uh, at Torg and got a card. But boy, I don't I don't think I got an opportunity to stop and talk to this man because it was a busy day. <laughs> Everyone was busy. The day seems kind of like a dream, like it didn't even happen. Yeah. But we finally get time to sit down with illustrator and comic creator Nate Lovett. Nate, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Got a good show lined up for you today. In the Retro Roundtable, we're in lieu of Halloween. I think this is the first uh, episode we're recording in uh, the month of October. Is that correct? Yes. Yep, I think that's right. And the last episode we'll record before we hit our eight-year anniversary. So happy eight years, oh guys. Oh, my. Happy yeah. eight years to you, too. Yeah, the, uh, next Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. So, uh, yeah, we got that happening. <laughs> I, I laugh because next Wednesday is actually my 20th wedding anniversary. <laughs> oh, so it's a special day for two reasons. <laughs> well, one maybe slightly more than the other, so. <laughs> Ours. Yeah, yeah, don't take no, that away. No, no. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, in lieu of Halloween, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite uh, ghosts from throughout pop culture. I'm excited to talk about that. But after we do that, then we're going to turn our attention over to Nate and talk about some of the amazing uh, jobs he's done and his awesome comics. But before we do any of that, don't forget to find us at, on Twitter at CannedAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air, considering those apps are up and running and not shut down worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, patreon.com forward slash candarepod or get on candarepodcast.com and click on that Patreon button if you want to, you know, spend a few dollars a month, get access to a ton of extra content. We just recorded another episode uh, for the Candare Patreon pod, uh, an episode where we talk about uh, just wild and crazy things we have done in our lifetime. Some <laughs> some of us leave, live more sheltered lives than others. <laughs> what some people see as crazy and wild, other see, people see as... Uh, pretty tame I guess <laughs> but you know we'll leave that up to the listeners uh, to decide for themselves so yeah uh, again on our website candarepodcast.com the Patreon link and there's merch on there as well uh, what am I forgetting so your boys are on the Evergreen Podcast Network hop on there check out the great shows including us and uh, it is spooky season gentlemen so mm-hmm. uh, to any of our listeners if you have a spooky story and would oh, like yeah. us to uh, read it on our special Halloween episode send it our or way or tell it yourself or, or tell, tell it yourself, yourself. Hey. we can get a recording of you telling it and then pop it in there and oh man I, I would love to have that that'd be amazing don't record it in the bathroom it's not good acoustics no 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 we'll get on like Skype or Zoom and something and okay. we'll, like I'll, re- I'll do the recording Just you just have to get on Skype or, we can even do it 
over the phone if you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, again, uh, candarepodcast.com. Uh, hit the contacts page or hit us up on social media, Facebook, however you want to reach out if you do have said story. Uh, anything else, guys? I think that's it. Mm-hmm. Let's kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. It's showtime. All right. Favorite ghosts. Who wants to kick it off? It sounds like Jack. Okay. (laughs) So mine is actually a a five, five fur, four, four, four fur. There's mine's got four, four or five (laughs) picks in, in my first pick. Wow. Okay. Thought this out. <laughs> is it going to take the entire episode to get there or what? No. <laughs> so mine is uh, Inky, Pinky, Blinky, and Clyde. Mm. Pac-Man ghosts. Oh, you clever fuck. Yes. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually uh, got stuck playing Mrs. Pac-Man uh, just a few days ago. I stopped at the GameStop and they had an arcade cabinet set up. Ah. I was like, oh, I'll just play one game you know next thing you know i'm like really into it swearing at the machine but and they're yeah. trying to kick you out because they want to close yeah, yeah right it's funny though how addictive that game can be it's still all these years later with so mm-hmm. much more advanced things how pac-man can still grab your, hold your attention the board changed didn't it it Was did that the difference was i think, I think so yeah mm-hmm. yeah because I kept wondering, I was like, where the, why the thing, why is it moving around on me? And I was like, oh yeah, the bow. <laughs> She's got the bow. Very good. Anything else on that? No, it always felt so good to get those power pellets and be able to mm-hmm. own those bastards. I always met my demise like going back and forth, waiting for them to get close enough. And then when they would, I'd hit it. You know, you could eat one or two, but there'd be times I waited too long. You start chasing them, they start blinking, and you think, I got it, I got it. Nope. Yep. The yeah, second you're on them, they turn right back. Yeah. Uh, there was actually a GameCube game called Pac-Man Versus. It was like a tie into another game but you you guys remember like how you could hook up your uh your game boy advance to the gamecube mm-hmm. well yeah it was a four-player game one person would be pat pac-man on the little uh game boy and the other three would control the ghosts so it was oh. like nice. <laughs> they did that on the wii u with luigi's mansion oh, okay there was okay. a multiplayer mode where what was it one person was playing on the screen and like the other three people could have like the handheld device Okay. And play as the ghost. So, like, if you were on the main screen, you had to shine your light in their direction okay. to okay. light them up, but the ghost could see everything. You gotcha. just had to avoid the light to get as close to the person. It was so cool. So cool. Same premise, though, it sounds like, yeah. for the most yeah. part. But All right. Very good. Nate, how about you? Favorite ghost? Oh, well, I've got uh, three. For the most part, I tried to think outside of the normal go-to ghosts. Appreciate that. Yeah. So, um, I got Beetlejuice. Nice. I can see why he'd be a favorite. Mm-hmm. I need to watch that movie again. That was one I was trying not to pick because I knew he would come up. Yeah, there's yeah. some low, low He was one I couldn't pass up, though. Yeah. He's, too, he's, he's the ghost with the most. Uh-huh. I mean, Hell yeah. <laughs> come on. No, I, I heard they're making a sequel to that. I mean, yeah, I, I they've I talked about it for years. Like but Beetlejuice I, goes to Hawaii or something like that. that that's was the what first it was sequel, originally yeah. like in talks of being. But no, like I had actually heard... Like legitimate, it seemed legitimate anyway. I don't know why I say it's legitimate because I don't even remember the source, but I heard that they're talking of a sequel again. That'd be cool. I mean, he's reprising his Batman role. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Tim Burton, it's got to be just as good. I mean, oh, for yeah. sure. I mean, this stuff's it, it, all pretty much 
the same, but not. <laughs> Wonder if they'd ever bring back Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin and all them. One other writer, you think? I don't know. It'd be kind of fun. That'd be that would be cool though to that, bring. Yeah, those. that'd be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Did um weren't they in a relationship in real life? The two uh, of them. I don't. Know. No clue. You say yes or no. I have no clue. No. <laughs> Part of me wants to say they were, but um, maybe that would keep them from a reunion. I don't know. I'm talking out my ass now, but damn, that would be cool to see. It's showtime. <laughs> I'll be putting that in somewhere. All right. Um, you mind if I go next, Randy? Go for it. Okay. I think I've talked about this one a long time ago, and this wasn't even really a ghost, but people for a long time thought it was. Do you guys remember the... I know we've talked about this. The movie Three Men and a Baby. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you all know what I'm talking yes. about already? Yep. Yeah. So that horrified me as a kid because <laughs> I I liked that movie, but I had never noticed it. And I heard, heard kids talk about it at school, and I still like, yeah, there's no ghost in it. But I remember being... Uh, like my family went to another family's house for a get together and mm-hmm. like dinner conversation led to that. And that family happened to have that on VHS. So like my parents gathered around the TV for the moment to be pointed out. Now that was it. the first time I had actually seen it on television, but the simple fact that my parents were giving it so much credence was like, Oh fuck, there must be something to <laughs> this. Be real. This must be a real ghost, you know, <laughs> like it, horrified me <laughs> it was three men and a baby <laughs> i still have yeah i think i think we've looked at it on youtube we've we've, we've watched talked it about before it. yeah but yeah i had never seen it before not that i went and rented <clears throat> or whatever just to sit and watch and wait for it but yeah um i can't tell you the last time i've seen that movie probably when we watched that clip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh it's it's so um what did it end up being? Just like a cutout of Ted Danson or something? A it cardboard was, cutout of Ted Danson or something? something yeah. The tape, yeah. Right. But Dan, yeah. oh, Dan, like, it's weird how your mind makes you see things differently. Because oh, yeah. once you know it's a cardboard cutout, uh, that's all you can see. But once, you know, before you know, before it's debunked in your head, you're like, holy shit, that's a kid in period <laughs> clothing standing there. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> you know? It's like seeing Jesus and toast. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of. Or in a guess. Cheeto or something. There, there's the episode. Uh, Seeing Ted tag. dancing at a curtain is a religious experience. <laughs> it might work for me. I'd subscribe to that. All right. So for my first pick, um, I'm going to go. And I didn't want to go for low-hanging fruit, so I went for uh, Jaga from Thundercats, the, oh, uh, the ghost that yeah. Lionel can see. I don't remember him. He was the uh, original leader, like right before he died, before they all went into like hypersleep in the first episode. So he's yeah, like, he an Obi- oh, like an Obi Wan, like an Obi Wan kind of ghost. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, he'd come in the time of need and be like, "Oh, Lionel." Yeah. So it, poof. It practically <laughs> every, practically every episode, Lionel just be like around the other Thundercats too, just like start Jago. What do I do? And everybody's like, "Who are you talking to, Lionel?" Yeah. Oh, nobody. You know, <laughs> I know that name. Come on. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't even know what that ghost looks like, to be honest. He had the, like the pointy like Kaiser helmet on. He was gray, <laughs> see through. <laughs> it was very <laughs> Obi Wan as a Thundercat. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fair enough. Was it Super Seven? I think they just came out with their just released his figure this week. I think. Okay, maybe I did see something about that because I saw probably. a Thundercat character that he was obviously from Thundercats. He looked old and I had no idea who yeah. he was. It had to have been what it was. Yep. 
we see the toy releases. It must be on the Instagram that we we see that stuff because mm-hmm. we always see them. To, as soon as I see it, I get a text from you. Holy shit! You see that Power Ranger Turtle yeah. set? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I saw it. <laughs> All right, that brings us back around to Jack. Mine is another ghost that is the reason why the story kept continuing. I would say in Star Wars, and it's because of Qui Gon Jinn. Mm. Even though you never saw him as a Force ghost, he was obviously a ghost. But you'd only mm-hmm. know if you watched what uh, the uh, Clone Wars, the Clone Wars, yeah, the last little bit because he actually started talking to Yoda, and Yoda went and that was like to train. supposedly like the first time like they were learning to see and talk with the deceased through the Force, right? That exactly, was like Yoda yeah. and like Qui Gon had were first tapping into it yeah. right there, so. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember at the end, Yoda had mentioned, he's like, well, I'm going to go talk to an old friend or something like that Yeah, at the end of the series. So. Damn, that was a good episode. Yeah, it was. Was that a two-part where he was on that Force that force planet or whatever? Yeah, I think so. Damn, yeah, that was. was good. Yeah. I might have to watch that again. But yeah, all because of, of Taken. <laughs> <laughs> Jedi's were able to communicate through the dead. Talking to you, how am I? Luke would have, have never a few been in set that of skills. <laughs> Luke would have never turned off that computer in the X-wing, and he might have missed. Yeah. Blew up that first Death Star. Yep. Thanks, Qui Gon. <laughs> so skills. There's a certain set of skills. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! All right, <laughs> Nate. Let's jump back over to you. Okay. Uh, this one, we'll find out if you guys are familiar with it. High Five Ghost. From regular show, he was. If you, I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's an older Cartoon Network uh, cartoon. That's the show with the sparrow and the what was the other animal? Like the, the blue jay. Both yeah. the blue jay and the raccoon. I always think when you're talking about something else that you're talking about regular <laughs> yeah. show. Like, yep. Is that the one with and the raccoon? Finally came up. <laughs> finally came up. Oh my god! All right. Tell. I, I don't know this character. Tell me about him. He's the sidekick to Muscle Man, who's kind of the annoying uh, co-worker. Yeah, his name's Muscle Man. He's this green, not muscly guy at all. But um, uh, High Five Ghost is, he looks like, like, kind of like a Pac-Man ghost, but with a hand coming out of the top of his head. like Just always ready for a high five. Fives. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta pull him up because I want to see him. I, I probably have seen him before. Yeah, show me a picture too when you get it pulled up. I, man, every time I hear about it's, this show, it's exactly what he was saying. Let me see. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was a very accurate description you did. Very accurate. I, I, I don't know how I could add on or, or to that anymore. Like that was a perfect. This picture has been drawn perfectly. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love that show. There's a lot of 80s gaming nods in it, and it it was just a fun show. It looks like I think they those... actually got away with saying pissed on it, too, which really? is wow. weird considering it's, you know, it was a Cartoon Network show. I feel like it was one was of those shows that was angled like uh, Teen Titans Go, like not only toward kids, but to adults as well. You know, like these are people who are making cartoons like that that know you know, they're not aiming for one demographic. Oh, yeah. They have multiple demographics, different age ranges yeah. that are watching. Because, you know, it was like when I'd see Teen Titans, like I've said before, they would do Golden Girls jokes. Like, ain't no fucking kids are going to get yeah. that. Yep. There's no kids that are yeah. going to understand that. <laughs> and actually, the creator has a new show. I forget what it's called. 
on um, HBO Max. Close it's enough. It's an animated uh, show? Yeah, it's an animated show. He did Adventure Time, too, didn't he? Um, he may have been involved in some of the earlier seasons, mm. but I, yeah, I don't know for sure. But yeah, Close Enough is his new show, which actually has humans and stuff. On. But this sounds on familiar, HBO Max. actually. I may have seen a trailer for yeah. that on YouTube mm. or something. Cool, man. This show, I'm going to have to sit down someday and just watch an episode. To... <laughs> the Noodley Arms is what gave me a hard time with that regular show and Adventure Time. It just There's seemed no like defined elbows on people. <laughs> I'm sure I'm wrong about this, but it seemed like after the world of animation went from like strictly 2D to like Pixar kind of stuff, like even in your like Saturday morning style cartoons, that 2D animation had to get really fucking weird to remain <laughs> yeah. relevant. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I, I, it kind of had to find itself and be different. Yeah, because. Everything that you, you know, like the old Disney Afternoon Gargoyles, Darkwing exactly. Duck, all that stuff became 3D stuff. So they're like, okay, let's do stuff that's going to be harder to do in 3D, which is the noodly arms and just weird psychedelic yeah. things at times. <laughs> yeah. And they do a good job at it. I mean, I guess I haven't seen that show, so I can't speak to that one. <laughs> if we're all sitting here talking about it, if I've been trying to talk about it all this time without seeing it, they must be doing something right. It's like how you don't go out of your way to hear Taylor Swift, but somehow Taylor you Swift Taylor. ends up in your fucking ears. How's that happen? I know this song. That's Taylor Swift. No! <laughs> Damn! That's good marketing is what that is. That's what we need. We need to get that that person marketing for us. Yeah, right? <laughs> Before they even want to know what Candare is, they've already listened. <laughs> All right. Have you guys been going to King's Island for your whole lives? Yes. For the most part? Uh, I think I went once. Once? I in haven't California. been there in forever, but I used to go fairly yeah. often. I, I haven't been as an adult, um, but I we went all the time as children. I think I know where you're going with this, but continue. Yeah, you do. You, you My list is sitting in front of you. I'm sure <laughs> I didn't look at it. <laughs> Pop filters in my way. Um... But there used to be years ago a Smurf ride there, which I oh, yeah. adored as a kid. Um, the only thing is when you'd go in, there was like a seven foot tall Gargamel standing there. And that thing scared the living <laughs> hell out of me. But, so you were like a Smurf going in it? Yeah. Uh, he was much bigger than you sitting down and like you had to look up at him. He was talking like, ah, I got you now. You and those Smurfs, <laughs> you know, it made you feel, but then you're in the Smurf village and everyone's singing and happy. And the worst thing happening in there is, uh, Azrael's trying to swat at a cat or a Smurf, you know, <laughs> but other than that, it's just the same over and over and over and over <laughs> to the whole thing. Bleed. I have a VHS tape, uh, of the ride through of it somewhere. Well, you know, the old eighties recorder up on your shoulder, like we took it through there. <laughs> But um, a piece of my childhood died when they took that out, and they replaced it with uh, the lower-end version of the Haunted Mansion called yes. King's Island's uh, Phantom Theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You remember this at all? Oh, yeah. No, I have no idea. Um, I don't remember the ride so much. I remember you it's just... the entrance that you remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, the entrance. Yeah. The entrance I remember. Now, at the Haunted Mansion, when you go in, I think you stand in like kind of like a dark hallway kind of setting before they put a group of you in the expanding room and then you get in the carts and go through the thing. Very cool experience. And this, there was like a great big open like ballroom in the front. Yep. Do you remember any of this, Nate? 
some of it. It's, <clears throat> so like I remember the entrance. I don't remember much of the ride. Yes, anymore. the entrance. Was, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm, I'm all I'm talking about. The entrance because I don't remember a damn thing about the ride. Um, I'd have to look. I'm sure there are ride throughs on YouTube somewhere. Mm -hmm. But there was uh, again a great big like ballroom that where the queue was to get in. The queue was yeah. Now whenever we went, it wasn't during Halloween. The thing was open year round. It wasn't a seasonal thing, Mm -hmm. so the line typically wasn't long. But Halloween, it took up that whole ballroom for sure. Well, um, up toward the ceiling, like the ceiling of this thing was like what two, three stories high. Anyway, yeah. And up toward the top was this balcony with this great big old creepy organ. Mm-hmm. And the Phantom was mm-hmm. the uh, kind of your host, kind of like the Crypt Keeper. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. he looked damn near. If <laughs> That yeah. could have been a copyright infringement. There could have been lawsuits <laughs> over that because he looked a lot like He was like him. the Crypt Keeper with Rogaine, if I remember correctly. <laughs> he had more hair. He had the cape, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but while you're standing in line, he would just, he'd be up there on an organ in a balcony just up there fucking playing that thing and it was scary when you're a kid and he'd stop and turn around like i've got you now like you're already in here no going back kind of a thing and then he'd swivel around and start playing these big things again and it was creepy it was creepy and as you can tell the three people that have memory of this thing only remember the entrance (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. that's and the same thing with the smurf ride it was the entrance i remember the most gargamel man like oh now that was a water ride. You were in a boat for the Smurf one. Oh, this God. was like you were sitting in these like uh, chair pod things, very similar to Haunted Mansion, but smaller, if I remember correctly. Yeah. But that Phantom man, and I remember yeah. those commercials, Kings Island's Phantom Theater. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to see if I can find one of those commercials and splice it in if they exist out there. But, all right, anything else on that before we move on? Nope. Randy. All right. So for my next one, uh, I want to give a shout out to my boy Starscream, who bit it in the movie and then kept possessing people for at least two other series. So Robo Go. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys remember when he bit it in uh, Transformers, the movie? Mm -hmm. Well, he Mm -hmm. came back. I think the the series continued after that. And Cyclonus was the bad guys after. Yeah, and yeah. he kept possess. I can't remember which one, but he kept possessing like one of them, like ah, Star Screen, you know. And then later on in Beast Wars, which was a, I know you guys aren't familiar with that one at oh, all. I know Beast Wars. Okay, mm-hmm. you remember Waspinator? They're running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> I don't do voices, <laughs> asshole. But uh, anyway, he. Uh, we all watch very different shows. <laughs> <laughs> Waspinator was kind of like the real. In every 80s cartoon, like, there was always that, like, kiss-ass to the boss that just was a totally, like, useless minion that just always got, like, blown up or got his ass kicked. Well, in Beast Wars, that's the one, for one episode, Starscream chose to possess, which was just hilarious because it was pretty much him (laughs) in that version. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. Just, I always felt by the time Beast Wars came along, they were like talking to a whole new generation. I, I wonder how many people actually got that. There were a few episodes where they would do callbacks, like you'd see like the the body of Optimus Prime, and like really they'd have to go get like his All Spark and stuff like that. Yeah, so mm. and that was the like the crudely done CGI show, like in the early two thousands, late nineties. It wasn't crudely done. Damn it! It, it was, was good. It, by today's <laughs> standards. Well, today's well, standards, of course, yeah, but. Mm. 
It looked like that uh, I want my MTV music video. <laughs> no way. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Well, they brought Beast Wars bad. back on Netflix with the, the new season of Transformers. Yeah. What would you say, Nate? I said it was bad. Thank you, <laughs> it got, Nate. It got, it got better when they switched it to Beast Machines. Oh, yeah. But yeah. it, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> At least Nate's got my you're, back. you're breaking up, Nate. I'm sorry. We must have a bad connection. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, are there any other picks that we must get off our shoulders before we end this? Slimer. Well, of course. Yeah. He's a great ghost. I, I do want to throw out one arbitrary uh, Hanna-Barbera Hanna oh, cartoon. <laughs> Speaking of Smurfs. Yeah, right. So do you guys remember the Funky Phantom? No. Only because of Scooby-Doo. Yes. So it, some of those. It was literally Funky Phantom. And I don't know if this came before or after Scooby-Doo. I'm imagining after. But they just recycled the same formula. It was yeah. three teenagers and their dog go into like this haunted mansion, turn the clock back on something, and it pops out the, this ghost from the, the spirit of 1776 done by the same voice actor that did Snagglepuss. And his ghost cat... <laughs> that was I think Some the same one that did no like Muttley nah. but yeah it was just I don't know how long it aired but it was just it, same formula as Scooby-Doo same formula as uh, do, uh, Speed Buggy it was just yeah, yeah. Funky <laughs> Phantom yep Funky Phantom I may have seen it just didn't know what it was but it, he man he, it makes me think of uh, McDonald Land you know they ripped off HR puffing us stuff to a T man like <laughs> yeah the trees in the background they even hired the same voice actors to do characters like really? even the same kind of characters in their thing like yeah it was in court for years and they had to get it shut down <laughs> it's it's crazy how bold people are sometimes not even trying to yeah. be subtle about it you know what i mean what they even mean? drove a speed buggy yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like i swear they reused some of the frames like the ghost looks like a fred flintstone with a ponytail yeah yeah, wow. Yeah, I vaguely see. remember it. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, a lot of those Hanna-Barbera Bear characters had a very distinctive, like, nose and... Oh, Jesus. That's the crew. Yeah. Oh, no <laughs> way. That's straight up Fred and Daphne. Will you send me that picture so I can put it on our uh, Instagram with this yeah. post when this episode goes up? <laughs> wow. But I'll never forget, like, the intro to that, like, they wind the clock back and he pops out, like, the spirit of 1776, even! You know, just... Pure Snagglepuss. Wow. <laughs> Remember at King's Island when they would have, like, You're, you've parked in this Huckleberry Hound lot. And <laughs> yeah. Yep. You still never remembered where your car was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Nate, did you have any others that we, we missed, man? And nothing that were, you know. Nothing pressing? Yeah. Bruce Willis. I see No, Patrick people. Swayze. Oh, Bruce Willis was a ghost too. Yeah, but Patrick Swayze uh -huh. was better. Yeah, Patrick Swayze. I was at work and I was trying to find some inspiration from one of the guys at work. I'm like, "Give me a ghost from pop culture." Well, like from video games. I'm like, "Anything, dude." And I don't want Bruce Willis or Sam from Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and no Beetlejuice. I was like, "Find me anything else." I'll tell you, other than Patrick Swayze, um, the ghost who taught him how to kick cans and move shit. That dude was horrifying. Oh, yeah. In the yeah. subway, the ghost in the subway. Remember him? No, not off the top of my head. He was like, I, go ahead, Nate. I can't remember his name, but yeah, I mean. He had like a long I, black I know coat exactly on. exactly what like, he looks like. Yeah, like scraggly long black hair and like a long. But bald, but yeah, yeah, and kind of bug eyes and. Yeah, he was oh, like bored yeah. and like knocking 
newspapers out of people's hands and Patrick Swayze goes, how are you, how are you making stuff move? You got to teach me how to do that. And he was a real asshole. I can see I'm not going to get you guys to remember, but I think I might remember. <laughs> That's okay. That's a good movie. That's That movie holds up, I think. Mm-hmm. The guy, the lead singer from Midnight Oil is kind of what I'm thinking of. Or the, there's a, the guy that looks like him. That's an actor. I don't if know. You know that. No. Or remember the Hell thing. Ghost, the ghost that would shoot up out of the like the black things that come things up and oh, grab you. And, yeah. yeah. Oh my oh, god. Those were freaking. Sound like a a drain clog or something like that. Yeah. Like Whoa. yeah, yeah. <laughs> toilet flushing. <laughs> oh god. Turn it off. Turn it off. I can't listen to your Whoopi Goldberg. Save me. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for our uh, favorite ghost, but uh, we're going to jump to a commercial really quick, and then when we return, we're going to turn our attention over to Nate, so stick around. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And we are back from commercial break and we are sitting here talking with illustrator and comic creator Nate Lovett. Nate, I want to thank you again for being here, man. It's awesome to have you. I wish we could have caught up more at the con. Uh, what, how was Torgs for you to kick off? Uh, how was your, uh, I want to say weekend, but it wasn't the whole weekend. How was, how yeah. was your day at the con? It, it was it was good. I, I wasn't real sure what to expect because I haven't really done any game cons right. like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was it was pretty good. Yeah, it was. A, it seemed like a, like we were talking on the last episode a very nice balance. You know, yeah, there wasn't was. too much mm-hmm. of one thing or an, another. There was, uh, I don't know. I, obviously, there were more games there, but it was a well, nice yeah. balance. Nothing was overshadowed. It seemed, and mm-hmm. the way everything was spread out uh, too. The was layout nice. was good too, mm-hmm. so you didn't have just all games and then just yeah. one low. If somebody creator. wanted to avoid a comic aisle or a toy aisle, they weren't given the opportunity. No. <laughs> <you know? laughs> But um, I think Wizard had made that mistake before. Yeah. Uh, there, uh, I'm not going to get into that shit. <laughs> they made lots of mistakes. Uh, yeah. yeah, they did. <laughs> Where are they now? Exactly. <laughs> right. Ah, <laughs> oh, burning in... Well, I'm not going to say that. All right. <clears throat> So Nate, tell us and your, uh, the listeners a little bit about yourself. You know, obviously you have a very impressive uh, resume. People can check uh, your work out at nate-lovett.com and especially yep. on the ses- uh, social media. But on top of, you know, being a comic creator, you've done concept art for Marvel, Image, uh, Nickelodeon, list goes on, projects for yep. like Paw Patrol, G.I. Joe, Marvel Comics Presents, and that list goes on as well. Uh, oh, tell yeah. us about yourself. How'd you get into this, man? I went to CCAD, uh, Columbus College of Art and Design. I actually went there for animation. Um, I graduated in 2000, but while I was there, Toy Story and then Toy Story 2 came out. So going back to once the 3D stuff came, nobody wanted traditional 2D animation, really. Mm. So I met my wife my senior year. My original plan had been to move to California after I graduated because that's where you know, most of the animation places were, mm-hmm. um, Columbus had a couple 
at the time, but they ended up closing up shop shortly after I graduated. So I ended up hanging around Columbus instead of moving, doing whatever work I could. And then um, I don't know if you guys ever went to Midgard Comics back in the day at Columbus Square. I never did, no. No. I ended up hooking up with Keith, the owner there, and he was doing some comics through the store and kind of whatever. And so I did that for a bit. And then when I discovered the Internet for comics and uh, forums, found PencilJack.com, which is amazingly still around. But it's just a comic book forum. And met lots of people on there who I'm still friends with to this day who were comic pros and, you know, just kind of made those connections and started doing more comic stuff and got some freelance stuff and kind of started that way. First real comic job. When I say real, like actually published work (laughs) uh, was uh, Zombie Reanimated from Devil's Due back. Oh, okay. 14 years ago now, <laughs> um, based off the zombie, uh, zombie with an X. It was a uh, animated show on Newsgrounds, or I forget where. It may have, it may have, but uh, James Farr was the creator and animator and everything. And he had got some deal with uh, Devil's Due, and he wrote the book, and I got to draw it. And that opened up doors to concept art and toy work and stuff. So I did a whole bunch of that for a long time (laughs) while I tried to do my own comic stuff and tried to break into Marvel and all those. And then uh, Dave Akins, who is another local guy, he's been doing Dora and other Nickelodeon books forever. Um, I know that name. He's been in a lot of SpongeBob. Yeah, Has he? Sponge, yeah, SpongeBob, Dora. He also does the zombies uh, board game stuff. So you'll see like Dora and SpongeBob, and then you'll see these highly detailed, realistic zombies <laughs> at the same table. <laughs> <laughs> so when Paw Patrol was just getting started, he put me in contact with uh, the Nickelodeon folks, and I got that. And so I've been doing that ever since while I still do comic stuff here and there. <laughs> and, and that's just uh, done from home, I take it? You don't have a... Yep. Yep. That's so cool. And that's like still conceptual art? Like how, how do you... When you were working on these kind of shows, working for these people, I'm very curious, like what, what exactly does that entail? Um, the Paw Patrol stuff, it's all storybooks and coloring books. Um, I see. I get art from Nickelodeon that, okay, this is what the episode's like or I got to see concept art from the Paw Patrol movie Mm. um, and then try to guess as to what was going to happen with it because that's all I had to do (laughs) and I had I did like two movie books and I'm like okay I had the subway train is supposed to do a loop-de-loop I have no clue what that how that's supported or anything in the movie. So I'll just, yeah, that works. <laughs> so oh, cool, kind of guess and it, they were fine with it. So it worked. Um, right. I was going to ask that. So when you do stuff like that for a, for mm-hmm. a franchise for Nickelodeon, do they have to approve something before it goes to print? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there 
He Usually when I do a book, dick on one of these characters, <laughs> just go straight to prayer. There you go, Nate. No, yeah, <laughs> That's not what we when, wanted. Uh, when I'm doing those books, I do the sketch. I have to sketch everything out first. Those get approved by both uh, the publisher and Nickelodeon, and then I have to tighten everything up. And again, approved by both publisher and Nickelodeon. Um, and even then the final art is all Nickelodeon sees it like three different times at least before it's definitely approved and signed off on. And they send back notes if something needs fixed, if something's off model. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. That's crazy. But cool as hell too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Not to say, I wasn't saying you weren't saying it was cool or nothing like that. I'm just uh, emphasizing the, you know, what you guys are saying. Like I, uh, I can't imagine. So, I'm sure some of these properties, like GI Joe or like the Marvel comics or any of that stuff, uh, image like stuff you grew up on, you're now working on. That's got to be a little surreal, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. The GI Joe. I've gotten to do a couple concept art things that, and a few packaging art things. That's cool. But I. So it's. Stuff that, you know, for the most part, doesn't even get seen or is discarded right afterwards. I did get to draw a it was a fire safety G.I. Joe ish comic, but most of the focus was on these two kids. So it was like I got to draw like the back of Snake Eyes's head. Um, (laughs) I think Duke was probably the one I got to draw the most and even but he can be just kind of boring right right (laughs) because it's duke (laughs) but yeah so that was it was like hey i got to draw gi joe sorta (laughs) um (laughs) the uh the marvel stuff's been fun it's uh been inks over my buddy ray height it's not quite what i'd like to have as a marvel credit but i'll take it because i got both times i've gotten marvel credits i've gotten to ink spider-man and he's my favorite damn character overall so you're on the marvel ladder though man i'll I'll take it my name's (laughs) getting out there i i like to consider myself a journeyman when it comes to comics i've stolen the term from uh wrestling where the journeyman's the guy who always puts over the the bigger named art uh, wrestlers and whatnot to make them look good. I've done a lot of inking, colors. I've ghosted art for people before, where I've had to match pencils or inks, and and I haven't gotten the official credit. So I've done a lot of variety of work. <laughs> So I like to consider myself as a journeyman, you know, a journeyman then, because I'm making all these other people look good. So (laughs) yeah, you could take someone's drawing and then ink the hell out of it and color it badly, and then oh yeah, get a piece of crap in front of you. This doesn't look like that. Yeah, (laughs) Spider Man is red and blue, not purple and blue. (laughs) Right? Did Brandy describe this to you? (laughs) (laughs) But. But now I'm lucky enough to be starting to focus on my own stuff that I'm attempting to get out there in one way or another. Right. Well, that's what I wanted to touch on uh, next. I saw a few comics uh, listed on your website there, one being Punk Rock Ninja and another Carter Mm -hmm. Kane. I was wondering if you Uh could tell us about those. Punk Rock Ninja is a, a short 
32 page one shot that I'm currently working on. Uh, the goal is have it done by the first of the year and then take it to Kickstarter. Oh, um, okay. Basically, it's the title kind of says a lot about it. It's the main character. Her name is Sheena from the song, the Ramon song, Sheena is a punk rocker. Um, but she's also been trained as a ninja. So she is um, retrieving a base that was taken from her. So basically it's her getting the base and then trying to keep it from getting taken back. And so. she knows punk rock music. So yeah. yes. hey. right on. It's yeah, a winning combination. Heck yeah, it is. Like uh, back, in the, <laughs> back in the Midgard comic days uh, when I was doing stuff, then Keith also had a um, – he would do music sh- a music venue connected to the comic shop. So there would be local punk bands, metal bands, other stuff that came through. So I got to see a lot of that. And some of that's kind of driving the aesthetic, I guess, with gotcha. this book. So there's going to be a lot of grimy punk rock kind of look, especially at the show when they – get there that's interesting <laughs> all right now what about uh, carter kane carter kane is that that's the big book for me it's a book that i've been uh working on for years um originally it started it was me and my buddy jeremy dale who actually passed away it's been seven maybe eight years now he uh, was also a, a comic artist. He actually got to draw G.I. Joe a lot more than me. Um, years ago, when they did the two packs that came with the comic books. Right. He did probably about half of those comics. Oh, wow. Okay. He and I originally came up with the idea for Carter about 13, 14 years ago, where originally it was we were inspired by Spaceman Spiff from Calvin and Hobbes. Okay. okay. So, you know, crash landing in the spaceship, the jetpack, goggles, you know, all that. Sure. Um, so Carter started off very Spaceman Spiff-like, um, where he was going to be – well, it was Carter Kane's Space Rocket Ranger is what it was. So he kind of joined, you know, this intergalactic space cop thing, but he was also, you know, 12, 13 years old. Gotcha. So we started doing it. We had – we had pitched it to Image. They turned us down because all ages stuff didn't sell. <laughs> and that's what we were going for. So we were going to do it ourselves, but then we both started getting busy with other projects and whatnot. So it just kind of got set aside. And a few years later, I had a little bit of time. I was doing the Paw Patrol stuff, but needed something different because you can only draw pups and stuff like that so much um, <laughs> before one of them contracts rabies <laughs> <laughs> so we started talking about bringing it back like i'd played the mass effect series i wanted to take it from you know the spaceman spiff kind of thing and make it a little more grounded at least for him and we started go- talking about ideas and whatnot and then he died so I set it aside because it didn't feel right to even try to do. And then about two years ago, I really wanted to get a book done, something. And I started looking at the Carter stuff and I talked to Jeremy's widow, Kelly, and um, she told me go for it. So oh, nice. I haven't looked back. <laughs> there you go. 
originally I was going to do just single issues of it. Um, but now I've decided to do it in graphic novel form because kids read more books that way instead right. of the floppies. Sure. So right now I've literally uh, have been pitching it to agents online in hopes that somebody bites and then they can get it through a publisher and I don't have to deal with all of that. <laughs> um, Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Yeah. But I figure um, once Punk Rock Ninja is done, if nobody's – if I haven't managed to get an agent or anything for it, uh, so – around the first of the year if it's a no-go with anybody else i'm going to do it myself and it'll get kickstarted and everything right now the first book is it's about 175 pages oh wow damn some of it is done because i got two single issues published myself but even then what will end up in the graphic novel will be different because I've added about eight pages to the beginning of the book and tweaked some stuff here and there and the other stuff. So awesome. any single issues are collector's editions now. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. and, and we've heard from so many artists and, uh, you know, comic create content creators over the years of how successful Kickstarters have been from that for them when they decide to self publish right. and stuff. So, you know, that's probably the way it's, it's good also that, you know, there's a route no matter what it's going mm -hmm. to get out there right yeah. it's yeah. not like if it gets turned down by these people you know especially like stuff back in the day before we had the internet and the, you know world of possibilities at our fingertips right you know, if you got turned down two or three times oh, shit well what am i going right. to do now you know right yep i backed over a hundred things on kickstarter but i've never done my own so i figured that's punk rock ninja will be a nice little test it's a small book i'm not going to have to ask for much sure and then that can help build up a bit. So then when I'm ready to launch Carter on it, <laughs> hopefully, or if I have to launch Carter on it, it'll be easier. Yeah. You don't want uh, that to be a learning experience, you know? Exactly. Get, yeah. You want to be well-versed knowing what you're doing going in. I understand that completely. Well, man, I mean, I haven't read the book yet, but from, you know, what I saw at your convention and uh, I think on your social media at least some of it you know you have the head of uh what i believe carter to be on your profile picture yeah uh, it looks gorgeous man i mean uh, you're you. you're a great artist you'd have to be to be doing half the stuff uh, you said you were doing here so that is amazing i want to encourage people to again check you out at nate-lovett.com and again uh at nate lovett on social media is there anywhere nate i'm forgetting to direct people no because it, it's literally Nate Lovett on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Right. It, yeah. So I just actually, know sometimes artists have place. like uh, have like that third, uh, like a not a WordPress, but what was what was that website that a lot of people used to use back in the day? I can't remember. GeoCities. May, something like that. Is that a <laughs> fact? I don't know. Is that right? Is that, are you making shit up? No, no, no. That's a that's a name. That's old. Okay. okay. I can't remember what stuff. it was, but it was like a portfolio website for artists to go like have a DeviantArt. Deviant art. Yeah, that was yeah. it. I'm on there. I haven't updated in forever. I don't think anybody I has. I think the world forgot about <laughs> deviant art because it used to be like every guest had a deviant art page. I yeah. wanted to get off yep. their chest, but I haven't heard that in a long no, time. It's been a while, yeah. <laughs> the times they are a changing. But <laughs> Nate, I want to thank you so much for uh, taking time to be here with us. I hope you had a no lot problem. of fun, and uh, we'll get you back on in the future, man. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, we'll help you with, get that Kickstarter promoted too if you're up for that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
Very cool, man. Well, thank you again for being here. And Jack, no what do we got on the website? Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can listen to us, watch us, Talk buy to us. us. You can Patronize. buy us. We are hooers. You can buy us. <laughs> we cheap. We cheap hooers. If you would like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on your contacts page. And again, find us on Twitter at cannedairpod and on Instagram at can underscore air. And uh, that website Jack was just talking about, cannedairpodcast.com, has the Patreon button right there, a button to buy merch, a button to, a button, a button, a button to see our special guest page. There, I got it out. What am I forgetting, Randy? I know I always am. Hey, it's spooky season, so you got mm. a scary story, send it over to us. Mm. Either come on the air and read it, yeah, tell us, or read it. Yeah, we can read it. Try to yeah. read it. I mean, if you just wanted to text, you know, type it up. Send it to us that way. We could do it that Absolutely. way. We, we just know a thousand words or less. No, you, you can do whatever you want. No, yeah. send, send <laughs> I mean, not a novel, people, but you know, within reason. But uh, I would love to get ghost stories in here. Oh, How yeah. cool that would be oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. How cool it would be. But I know that people traditionally don't like to hear themselves on microphone. Mm-hmm. Some people, it just shatters their world. Yep. And you know, when we always sitting here talking into one, it's hard to relate to that. But I remember a time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember a time. That's, like. <laughs> That's not me. Shut up. <laughs> what you do oh, yeah. to my voice? <clears throat> right. <laughs> All right, everyone. I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And I'm Nate Lovett. Thanks so much for listening, everyone, and be excellent to each other. It'll only make things worse. What? Remember, you never want to approach a stray dog, especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! This has been a Canned Air production. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.